um, for the new year and just be happy and not angry through two one contact for lying to me uh, all those years ago. Um, okay, so um, one year ago, this Sunday, the equivalent Sunday, uh, we talked about the engage idea. That, and actually for like the first three months of the year, I preached on this idea. So if you weren't around a full year ago, um, let me just give you a brief recap because this is what I want to do. Every quarter we've been recapping how we're doing on our goal of engaging. And we had the idea of engaging in 2019, that we would engage in some very specific ways. We would engage in um, <coughs> group life, that as a church we would find a way to become small groups, that we realized that Sunday morning is not the be-all, end-all of church family relationship. But if we really want to engage in the life that Christ has called us to, it necessitates small group life, that we would get together in Bible studies and prayer groups and coffee shops, and we would do life in a smaller context together. So we would engage that way. We would also partner in membership together as a church, understanding that we are called to a corporate body of believers, and that we would engage in membership. Um, we also looked at ways to engage with uh, people getting baptized and giving their hearts uh, to Christ, and, uh, just a bunch of ways that we could engage as a church um, in the things that Christ has called us to. So over the course of the year, um, we kept this up front, um, this big old uh, jug of ping pong balls. Um, and we had a color-coded system for these ping pong balls to note when people uh, became a member or when people uh, joined a small group or whatever it happened to be. Um, and I added them all up this morning because I was curious. I haven't added them up for a while and I added them all up and I just want to give the year-end review of how we did as a church. Do you want to add it, Jim? Just no? Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and here's what the numbers played out to. Um, over the course of the year, uh, to the best of my knowledge, now this number fluctuates, but to the best of my knowledge, 57 people have been actively attending a small group. Um, that is roughly one quarter of our church body. Um, we have, give or take, 200 and some odd people who call this church their home who filter in on the American average of one or two weeks out of every six weeks. So um, you may not see 200 people on any given Sunday, but there are 200 people that call this church their home that when asked, where do you go to church? They claim this church that participate in various ways online or in different groups. Some of them only participate in a small group and they do not go to church anywhere, but they do claim a small group as part of their life. And it's small group connected to our family. Um, and so um, we are excited that there are 57 people connected to our family in a small group. There's probably more, but that's the best number that I can come up with based on attendance. But I think that's pretty darn good. Um, that was a lot smaller a year ago. And so we've grown in this. People are growing relationships. And I'm super excited about that because not all of the small groups are made up of people from our church. And that's super exciting, which means the small groups are reaching out and engaging the community, and I love that. Um, there are 14 people this year who chose to partner in membership with the Church of Nazarene, uh, meaning that they say that uh, for better or for worse, while we are here in Ketchikan, uh, this church is going to be our family. We're going to serve with them and love with them and pray with them and uh, attend regularly with them. And those 14 people came up, and you've seen them. We do the little membership uh, time where we gather them up front and 
they say, yes, we believe in Jesus. And yes, even though y'all are weird, we're weird too. And we want to partner together to be weird for Jesus moderately in this community. Um, and then we pray together that the Lord would do something great among us, 14 people. And um, even though this is the last Sunday of the year, we do have several uh, more that have gone through the membership class already. <laughs> And due to, say, a baby uh, being born, not uh, having a chance to um, uh, be here to join in membership as of yet, we've got some people in the hopper that are ready and willing to become members when their life calms down a little bit. In case you don't know, the Lycos who normally sit up here, uh, Shannon and Aaron and little Anders, their baby was born on Christmas Eve. And so um, uh, if, you, uh, if you see them around, uh, uh, just say hi. Their little little girl Josephine is super adorable, and so um, uh, you can uh, you can pray for them and love on them, and uh, uh, they'll be back in church in a few weeks. Uh, we've had two baptisms this year. Um, that's pretty good. Um, when we are intentional about baptisms, we actually do them, and so we're not going to give up on these things this coming year. But these are how we've tracked this year, and we've had. One salvation that I know of. Now, there may have been others that you've led folks to the Lord and I just don't know about it. And that's phenomenal. I don't you know, necessarily need to know about all of them. But the one that I do know about um, was a pretty significant one for us. And uh, we were pretty thrilled about it. And so uh, that's, the, that's the one green ball. Uh, in the, and, and I love that. Um, so we're going to continue in that direction. Though we won't continue to have ping pong balls uh, up on the front keeping us... Uh, on track. We're not going to stop doing these things just because it's not the titled focus for the year. Does that make sense? We're still going to continually engage in these things. Um, but I did want to celebrate that with you guys today because um, we set a goal as a church and we achieved progress towards that goal. And that is super exciting. Will we ever reach this goal when every knee bows and every tongue confesses, right? Um, so we're going to continually work towards that. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, have a different goal for this year, um, one that uh, focuses in a slightly different area. This was kind of a broad scope, right? How we're doing as a church, we're engaging this year. We're gonna focus on a personal aspect, and so um, uh, as we as we get into the to the yeah, the, the new year message, uh, we'll see what that that plays out to be. Here's the verse that I want to focus on for today, though. Um, James four eight. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. I could stop there because that's really good, isn't it? Um, that's just, that's so good because sometimes we feel like God is distant and he is not distant. He is actually waiting and eager to participate in life with us, but he's not going to force himself upon us. And so he is waiting with open arms, just like, come on, just, just take a nod in my direction and I will be there with you like that. And so this verse is so full of hope and promise. And then he continues, cleanse your hands, you sinners, which it might be slightly insulting, but it might also be realistic, right? So we need to hear this from the loving voice of a father that says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. There's a promise of help here to cleanse your hands. We are cleansed by the work of the Holy Spirit. So this is something God does. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God is calling us as children of God to draw near to him and to set aside the things that distract us from relationship with him. That, that his presence in our life is so much more um, full and joyful and attractive than anything else we could hold in our hands or claim with our hearts. And so this is what he's calling us to do 
um, uh, in the new year to draw near to God, um, to make relationship with God a priority as a personal kind of action. It's not this general statement that we as a church want to become closer to God, but that we as individuals need to learn how to feed ourselves, right? If, if all you get as a Christian is what I say on Sunday morning, you are going to starve to death. Christians must learn to feed themselves with the word of God, must learn to feed themselves through prayer. And this is a personal thing when we draw near to God and we learn to feed ourselves in maturity. Um, I, I was reading, um, maybe you guys don't do this, but I was reading on the um, Bureau of Labor and Statistics website. Anybody do that regularly? Nobody? Okay. Um, just me. Um, uh, so the Department of Labor has um, a study they do every year. They release statistics on how the last year looked according to American stuff, right? It just covers, it covers a whole lot of stuff. Um, and I was reading some of these statistics, and, and I want to I break down for you what the average American spends their time on. Okay? Because oftentimes when we hear a sermon that says, draw near to God and I will draw near to you, um, as we get into that sermon, we start to, in our hearts, go, but I don't have time for that. I don't know how I'm going to fit what the pastor is telling me to do into my life. I, I understand that I need to draw near to God, but I'm so busy with work and children and I just need time to relax and, and all these things. And then suddenly we get into the new year and our, our resolutions, right, to read the Bible or pray more, this kind of stuff, they fall away because we don't have time, right? Um, well, it's, it's interesting because we actually do have a lot of time. Um, it's just how we choose to spend it. Um, and so uh, this is where uh, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, yeah, um, uh, comes in. Um, 1.9 hours a day. This is a guessing game for you. This is like a family feud, right? So we're going to fill in the blanks together. Um, the average American spends 1.9 hours a day doing what? What do you think? Social media. <laughs> yeah, Jim got it. Social media, right? Social media. Um, now, now, I will say this. Um, social media was broken down into, in this study into many more categories, okay? Um, this is, I, I labeled social media, it's primarily Facebook, okay? Um, if you want to look at each statistic to itself, you're going to see it adds up much more than just um, 1.9 hours a day, okay? Um, but think about it. If you have a smartphone, right, um, and it buzzes, what do you do? You pull it out. And you look at it, and then you see a red dot over Facebook or YouTube or your email or whatever. You're, and I, if you're maybe you're not like me, I don't like to see the red dots. You know what I'm talking about? If you have an iPhone, if you don't have an iPhone, you don't. Maybe you don't do red dots. Um, but the iPhone over like the apps, it, it gives you notifications. And if you have like ten emails, there's a red circle with the ten in there. I can't, I can't have that. I don't like that. Is anybody with me on this? I like to have the clean interface. I don't want to see the red dots that tell me there's something that I don't know about yet, right? And so um, if I open my phone and I see dots, I have to spend the time getting rid of the dots because 
But then how much time over the course of a day have I spent getting rid of dots? This is pointless. It's terrible. It's a terrible, horrible cycle I'm in. I'm just confessing this to you to start my year off right. Okay? We're just honest and transparent. One but the average American spends 1.9 hours a day on social media. Not necessarily all at one time. I mean, it adds up, right? But over the course of a day, that's close to two hours. Very close to two hours of time. Um, what about 10 hours a week? Sleep. Sleep. Oh, gosh. Maybe you, but no. 10 hours a week. Email, TV. Waiting at red lights. Waiting at red lights. Maybe. I. Food. Okay, maybe. Let's see. Netflix. Oh. Now, that's just Netflix. That does not include YouTube. That does not include Hulu. That does not include regular TV watching. That does not include um, Amazon Prime. That does not include any of the other streaming services that are out there. That is just Netflix, people. Right? You binge an entire season. There you go. Right there. Right? 10 hours a week. Anybody do that? Anybody want to admit? Yes. Okay. Right? 10 hours a week. And that's average. That means some people spend 20 or 30 hours a week watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah, people make a joke out of it because it says, you know, if you if you stream for two hours or more, Netflix pops a window. You guys are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. Netflix pops the window up that says, are you still there? Would you like to continue watching? And what do we do? Yes, right? Ten hours a week, people. Okay, what about 2.8 hours a day? Napping. Napping? Oh, I wish, right? Anybody want to guess 2.8 hours a day? What do we do? TV. That's just that cable TV, right? 2.8 hours a day. Does that shock anybody? Like, now, now add that to Netflix. Because if you break Netflix down per day, I don't know why I didn't do that. Everything else is per day. That's, you know, one and a half-ish hours a day, right? Somewhere in there. Um, so we're looking at three, four and a half hours on visual media. A day. A day, the average American. Now, some of you aren't anywhere near that. That's probably very good, right? Some of you, way beyond that, okay? Average American. What about 13 minutes a day? Maybe, maybe. That's actually maybe accurate. I don't know. Brushing 13 minutes a day? Brushing teeth? Okay. Red, red lights, maybe. I don't know. Okay, let's see. 13 minutes a day cleaning the kitchen. Yeah. Right? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> um, and some of you are like, it's way more than that. I live with slobs who don't clean the kitchen, right? Okay? Okay, so 13 minutes a day cleaning the kitchen. We spend... I, I, I didn't put all the statistics for cleaning up, but I can tell you having looked at them, we don't clean as Americans as much as we watch TV, <laughs> okay? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that might be a resolution. Um, uh, so, uh, what about four hours a day? Eating ice cream. Eating ice cream? That could be included in this. Going out to eat. Total leisure activities. So, so this category includes napping. It includes uh, um, 
uh, hanging out, socializing with friends. It includes going out to meals, right? It includes your general golfing. Like this included what, what Americans do to relax, right? Four hours a day in relaxing activities. So you get off work, you get off school, you sit on the couch, you zone out. This actually included daydreaming, okay, in, in their category. It was like a junk drawer category for ways that people spend their time. Now, is anybody shocked by those statistics? No. No? Um, some people are. I can see faces. Some people are like, yes, this is shocking and terrible. Some people are like, I'm a little worse than this, so no, this isn't shocking. We range, right? Because we are, we are a slice of the average American life. So there are some of us that do less, some of us that do more, um, some of us that don't watch TV at all. Um, and and that's, that's okay, but we are the average American. Yeah, we're just a part of, of Americana here. Um, but the reason that I, I, I brought all this to our attention, if you want to read more of these, it's several pages uh, of statistics. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, you could just Google their website, it's fantastic. Um, but um, uh, the reason I brought all these statistics to our forefront is because uh, this year, what I want to challenge us to do continually, over and over and over again, like we talked about engaging last year, uh, we're going to talk about uh, 20 minutes a day in 2020. 20 minutes a day. Just 20 minutes. It's not a lot compared to what we just talked about, right? We can find... 20 minutes, right? If you watch a half an hour show, like a typical sitcom, or, um, or if you uh, binge on Netflix a, a, a half hour style show, it's really not a half hour when you binge it on Netflix, it's like 22 minutes, right? Because there ain't no commercials there, right? Which is wonderful, we don't have to you know, deal with commercials, but it's about 20 minutes. So just skip one of those a week, right? Or a day, skip one of those a day. Um, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, drawing nearer to God, right? As an individual, this could look like just about anything. You could spend 20 minutes a day praying. You could spend 20 minutes a day reading the word of God. You could spend 20 minutes of your day serving your next door neighbor. You could spend 20 minutes a day, um, I, I, there are, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to give categories for this. 20 minutes a day drawing nearer to God. He will direct you how to live, his, uh, live your life for him. But if you don't start spending intentional time with Jesus, you are not going to be drawing near to him. You're going to be drawing near to... Um, what, what did that verse say? Uh, you're going to be drawing near to... Wow, there's a lot of slides there. You're going to be uh, spending a lot of time drawing near to things that cause you to sin and cause you to be double-minded. Double-minded means um, one foot going one direction and one foot going the other. Um, it, it, it's, it's the verse where we read, cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Uh, the anxieties is the word that means double-mindedness. It means you're kind of split into two entities. You, you want one thing, but you do the other. It's what Paul talked about, right? Um, I know what I should do, but I'm not doing it. And I know what I shouldn't do, but I am doing it. This is that double-mindedness. Um, and if we spend um, how many hours and weeks a day doing these things, what are we drawing our heart towards? What are we drawing our mind towards? What are we drawing our hands towards, right? Um, yeah, we're, we're drawing our hands towards 
yes, I'm still here. Binge me another episode. Um, and and we, we look at social media. We look at, you know, Netflix. But it's a lot of other things, too. Think about the sum total of what you spend your day doing. Um, and that might actually be a very good exercise for you to do this week. Um, grab a piece of paper. Keep it, you know, by your bedside table um, or somewhere you will see regularly. Just for a week. Just, just for a week at the end of every day before you go to bed. Detail out what you did throughout the course of the day. Just doodle it real quick. You know, I, I, I spent, you know, three minutes brushing my teeth, 20 minutes eating breakfast. I, it took me 10 minutes to drive to work. Um, I worked for, you know, eight hours. Um, I came home. It took me 30 minutes to make dinner. I spent a couple hours hanging out with my family. We watched, you know, that kind of thing. Just chronicle. And then look at the end of the, at the, end of the week how you spend your time. And it might surprise you how much time you spend doing things you weren't thinking about. Um, and this year, you can reclaim those minutes for God. Um, and, 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 and so it's just 20 minutes a day that we're looking at that instead of sending your hands towards things that might be sinful or, or things that divide you, because really, if we're spending a lot of time watching media, that is what is then influencing us. We are being poured into by media and not poured into by God's word. And scripture says that it's not what comes out of the mouth that makes us filthy. It's what comes out of the heart. And, and we are then to be filled with what? The Holy Spirit, right? God's word. Um, but when we are not spending time there, we are actually being filled with language, ideology, and culture of the world. We're called not to be conformed to the world, right? And by not to be conformed to its habits and its patterns, that's what Romans says, but to be renewed and transformed by God. Um, and the only way we do that is if we set aside those things which are making us conform to them and to draw near to God so that he draws near to us to be conformed um, to his image. Uh, so what does 20 minutes a day look like, right? Uh, let's, let's look at this. 20 minutes a day comes out to 2.3 hours a week, comes out to 10 hours a month, or 121 hours a year. It's really not a ton over the course of a year, over the course of a day, right? Um, but if you are faithful to 20 minutes a day in the year 2020, you will have spent 121 hours with God this year. Should we be spending more? Probably. But if you aren't spending any, this is a very good place to start. Um, uh, I have a, a friend, Pastor Cliff. Some of you uh, have met him. Um, he's a, a phenomenal preacher, wonderful mentor. He did this thing, I think he started it two or three years ago, where he wanted to do 20,000 push-ups over the course of the year. Right? But you can't start with 100 push-ups a day. <laughs> you just, I mean, maybe you can. I can't. Um, so he started little and built up. Do you know how many he's planning on doing this year? He's, he's split it now um, between sit-ups, push-ups, and <coughs> planking, I think is the third. 60,000. But he's built up endurance. He's built up a habit. He's built up a passion. He actually feels better for it. He has tackled some physical goals this year that he wasn't able to do before because he's put the discipline into 
doing a little at first, and then he able was able to increase. And it, it started off exponentially. I watched him track it the first year he did it. He was doing a little bit at first, but as the months went by, he was actually able to do more and more and more. And he was exceeding his goal by the end of the year because he could. Um, what if we could do that spiritually? What if 20 minutes a day sounds like a heck of a lot? You don't know where you're going to find it. You're not sure how it's going to work out. But what if 20 minutes a day became the goal? Should we start there? Yeah, it's 20 minutes. But if you cannot conceivably think of how you are going to spend 20 minutes of your day with God, start with five minutes. Don't give up and say, I can't do it. Start with five minutes and build the habit. Then go to 10 minutes. Then go to 15 minutes. Then go to 20 minutes, but don't stop at 20 minutes. Like I'm not saying this is the cap, okay? I'm saying we need to have somewhere that we should aim for. If you get to 20 minutes and you're like, this is, this is so good, I need another 20 minutes. Yes, do it, right? Um, it, spend that extra time. But we gotta have a goal we're working towards. We can't just assume we're going to have a thriving relationship with Jesus in 2020. We have to work on a thriving relationship. We must continue to challenge ourselves to know more about God. We are never content with saying, I'm good where I am with Jesus. I'm content where I am. There's really no more I can know or study or relate to Jesus about. Because if we do that, we become stagnant. If we do that, we fill our lives with things that are contrary to the word of God, then we'll then begin to be conformed by those things. We'll have walked away from God and not even known it. 20 minutes a day with Jesus, right? Prayer, reading of the word, um, memorizing scripture. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I even brought it with me so I could show you. Um, I, uh, I'm, maybe, I sh maybe I shouldn't. I might just so transparent with you guys sometimes. I don't know if this is a good idea, but um, I'm really bad at personal Bible studies, like really bad at them. Um, I, think, I think pastors struggle with it in some ways because we spend a lot of time studying for the sermon and we don't actually study for our own personal development, right? Our own spiritual well-being. So it's a struggle for me to, to do all of the study and prep work for the week in the Bible studies and things like that. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to look at the Bible again, right? And so here's just honesty from your pastor. This is an area that needs work. And so I decided intentionally to do something about it. Um, how many of you are familiar with the word catechism? A few of you. Okay. Um, so a catechism is just a process by which you learn something for uh, lack of a better definition. Um, in the Christian faith, um, you may have heard of the Westminster Catechism. Anybody? Striking a bell? Um, it's basically a series of questions and answers that teach you basic theology. Um, so um, it was a way, it was a primer back in the day to teach children and adults what we believe as Christ followers. Um, we've moved away from teaching catechism in, uh, uh, in the Christian church, um, in the modern evangelical church, but it is a very good tool. And so what I am going to do in the year 2020 is I'm going to follow the, um, the New City Catechism. It's a church, a large church, that put out a updated language catechism. 
Um, and what it boils down to is 52 questions and answers for your heart and mind um, that fall into three different categories. Um, so uh, the categories, as I try and find the base of it, are um, the part one, God creation, the fall, and the law. Um, the second category of the year is going to be Christ, redemption, and grace. And the third category, spirit, restoration, and growing in grace. And, 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 and what it looks like, every week for me, I'm going to spend every day for a week, I'm going to meditate on one of these questions. I'm going to memorize the question, the answer, and the supporting scripture. And here's what each week will look like for me. A question, an answer, and a supporting scripture. And I will spend 20 minutes a day memorizing this. So here, let me just show you what my first week is going to look like. Question one, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong body, soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's good stuff right there, right? That is excellent stuff. Every week, excellent stuff. And what's beautiful about this is then it gives the supporting verse. Romans 14, 7, 8. None of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. At the end of the year, ideally, hopefully, with the best of intentions, I will have 52 questions, answers, and supporting scriptures memorized. You want to know why this is really good for me? Again, transparency as a pastor, right? Um, I love telling people about Jesus, but sometimes I lack the right words and I get nervous about it. <laughs> this is going to do it for me. People ask questions all the time of me. Uh, what do you mean by faith? Who is Jesus? Um, uh, is there any way to escape going to hell? Uh, what is sin? Right? And sometimes I lack the words, and sometimes my words are too bookish. Right? Like, sometimes I say the theological answer and not a plain English answer that helps people. Does that make sense? This is going to help your pastor speak to people about Jesus, and confirm for me what I believe. So this is what I'm going to do 20 minutes every day for the year 2020. Um, if you're interested in this, I can connect you with where I got this. This is going to be a neat resource. Um, they have a kid's version. It's tiny because it's for kids. Um, but it's the same questions and answers, but simplified. What is our only hope in life and death? that we are not our own, but we belong to God. Kids can memorize this. Um, this is a great family devotion. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm saying if you want an idea, here's one. Um, and uh, great idea for small groups. Um, find something that is a system that you think you can work with to spend 20 minutes a day with God. And, and here's why this is important. I'm going to wrap up here. Um, Luke 9.23 says this. And Jesus said to all people, and all means all, all, right? Nobody exempt, right? If anyone wants to come after me, if anyone wants to be a Jesus follower, a disciple saved by the grace of Jesus and growing um, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, let him deny himself. Well, I think that means I need to stop watching as much Netflix as I do. I think it means I need to stop caring about those red dots as much as I do. And take up his cross daily. 
and follow me. That means Jesus is saying, if I really want to be called a disciple of Christ, I need to stop doing the things that my flesh wants, and I need to start daily practicing the things that Christ is calling me to as a believer. And I will not know what those things are unless I draw near to him, right? Through word and prayer. Um, and then there's this section of scripture. He continues this idea in, in, in Luke 9 a little further down. They were going along the road and someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. With the best of intentions, this person says, I would love to be your disciple and follow you. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have uh, the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And then we never hear from this person again. Because this person was challenged to take up the cross daily and live a life that is uncomfortable. To this particular person, Jesus spoke to them in a very intentional way. He knows the hearts and the minds of people. And this person probably was a homebody. Probably like the comfort of their bed. Probably had their routine. They lived the way they lived and they were not willing to give up their routine. Jesus spoke right to them and said, if you want to be a disciple daily, it's going to cost you your home zone, your comfort. You might not have that bed you like. That person we never hear from again. Another person, he said, follow me. But this person said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Now that seems reasonable, doesn't it? But Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus isn't being uncaring here. He cares deeply when his children hurt. <clears throat> Culturally back then, there were months and months of mourning that went into the burial process. Jesus is saying, if you don't come now, you're not going to come. Months will pass you will be in routine again. You will find other things to fill your life. If you are going to follow me now is when you follow me, not later, Jesus is saying. Yet to a third person, he said, uh, a third person said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those who are at my house. And they had traveled with Jesus, right? And so I will follow you, but first I need to go back and, you know, say goodbye to my mom and my dad and pet my dog and, you know, um, close up affairs there, and then I, then I will follow you. And Jesus says to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Three conversations with three different people, but the same point. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow him now. Don't follow him later. There is no later. You're not guaranteed a later. It's by the grace of God we sucked air in our lungs this morning. Um, we set our alarms assuming we're going to wake up in the morning, right? Um, we're not guaranteed that. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be a Jesus follower in 2020, you have to do it now. You have to choose now to be intentional about it. No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. We are at the cusp of 2020. The question I have for you is what, what makes you look back 
When you put your hand to the plow and you say, I want to follow Jesus, I want to lead people to the Lord, I want to have a faith that is fruitful, that, that stands the test of whatever happens in my life. What is that thing that makes you look back? Netflix? Social media? A habit that I haven't mentioned that you don't mention out loud because it's uncomfortable? What, what is it that cannot follow you into 2020? What is it when the ball drops on New Year's Eve has to die on New Year's Eve in 2019 and never, ever come into 2020 because it will cause you to stumble? What is it that your hands need to let go of so they can not be hands of sin anymore? What is it that your heart needs to let go of and be renewed in by the Holy Spirit so that you are not double-minded anymore? What is it that you must set down and not pick up again in 2020? 